Derek Lively had a coming out block party, and it was all Blue Devils for most of the night. A close game, but ended up turning to the Blue Devils' favor. We're talk about that, the come-to-Jesus meeting that needs to happen between North Carolina and Hubert Davis. But more importantly than that, men's hoops, Jim Beheim getting a little spicy. What's his deal? Maybe it's just typical old man, get off my lawn energy. Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Eric Lively II had almost 10 blocks on the night and definitely had his way as a defender against the Tar Heels in Cameron Indoor. We're talking about ACC men's hoops here on today's episode with Kenton Gibbs. Welcome to Locked on ACC podcast where you can find us each and every day. We love to go over all things ACC. We're going to talk a little hoops because it's spicy right now. They want us, we try to talk about football, but it's clear that basketball is trying to have its way in terms of drama and controversy. And of course, we got to tap in the Jim Beheim, what he's got going on. But Kenton, how are you feeling? How's the weekend been for you? It's been great as always. I'm I'm very excited to get into this because, ooh-wee, this is the spiciest weekend that I have seen for ACC basketball in, in quite some time. Absolutely. So let's kick things off, of course, the Blue Blood rivalry, the one that is, you know, tale's oldest time in terms of one to two point differentials. It was the Blue Devils versus Tar Heels in Cameron Indoor round one went to Duke. It was John Shire's first time as a head coach leading the charge. And I would argue that he had a good showing. You know, he had his team down, but was able to rally up and ultimately take up, take the W. But it was Derek Lively's freshman standout performance that had us saying, okay, we've been talking about Cal Filipowski for a little bit, but seeing Derek kind of get busy was a nice little showing for the Blue Devils, I would say. You know, everybody said all year, Lively is supposed to be one of the top recruits. He's supposed to be one of the best guys in the nation. Where's that at? Where's that at? Where's that at? And he said, all right, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. Y'all want to see number one? I'll show you number one. I'll show you best recruit because, I mean, he was an absolute force underneath. He wasn't good. He wasn't all right. He was absolutely dominant on the defensive end. I mean, blocking everything that was coming in the paint, rebounding everything that's coming in the paint. He put on a tour de force in terms of, uh, showing NBA teams, hey, listen, if you need a shot blocker, you need a rebounder, heck, you need a rim runner, I'm your guy. I'm that guy. A hundred percent agree. I also just feel like, you know, in big moments, big time players, big time players make big time plays. And that's definitely what he did. And for all the people that doubted whether or not he was going to be able to step up in, you know, big moments, hey, there it is. <laughs> Especially against a veteran UNC team. And I, I believe, and I, the biggest thing I want to point out here, Armando Baycott is averaging 18 and 11 coming into this game, held to 14 and 10. I know that that's very close, but you got to consider how well he's played in, in games in particular of this magnitude, in these big moments, in these big, for example, against NC State, he went off for 23 and 18. Like th this is who he has been at multiple points of time in, in games that are important to this team. He's shown up and not just been good, he's dominated against Michigan earlier this season. He put up 26 points against Ohio State, 28 and 15. So for Derek Lively to, to do the job that he did on Armando Baycott, again, 
admirable to say the least. And then coming in with the help side defense as well. Just what, what a showing. What a showing by that young man. It is late in the season for him to have his arrival party, but better late than never. 100%. Now, you mentioned Baycott. A lot of people, some people, Twitter does its thing, message boards do its thing. Did Baycott get bullied? Was Baycott bullied throughout the night? I argue, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to have a defense for my guy. It looked a little tough. I will say, I know we don't want to talk about fouls. I know we don't want to talk about foul discrepancy and all the things. But boy, did you, and I'm talking about both ways, you had to earn points in the paint. In the words of Mariah Carey, it's a wrap for your baby. Because that was in the NBA hopes that Armando Baycott had. Boy, they went up in smoke right there. You they, think so? Oh, Lively absolutely said, hey, 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 I get it. You're a really good college big. You're a really, really good. You're a great college big. I'm going to show you what an NBA big looks like. Don't worry about it, Mr. Baycott. And he surely did. He well, surely did. I don't know if that was the moment or the fact that he's here in four years shows that that. That's I mean, there, there, there are plenty of guys who stay four years that still turn. Josh Hart has been a very good role player for a while. Draymond Green has been the heart and soul for the Warriors for quite some time. Staying for a while, there are players who stay. For In this era? There, I mean, but both of them are from this era. Like, Draymond has been in the league for 20 years now. But he's my age. And I'm talking about guys 10. I mean, we're talking about a decade's difference. And the age where guys are literally jumping, you know, one to two years tops. Well, don't you feel like staying for four? I see. I don't feel like staying for four is a a terrible thing. Um, the reality is is to me is very simple. Half game will travel, right? Like Josh Hart is a younger guy, and he is. He, I don't believe that Josh Hart is is older than me. And the reality is, if you can ball, but you just decide to stay for a while. Fred Van Vliet is another one. He, he was a guy who stayed in college for a little bit of time. But the reality is, for whatever reason it is, right, like for Armando Baycott, you're not the tallest guy in the world and you don't have a very um, expansive offensive package and you're not super explosive. Sure, it makes sense for you to stay and soak up the love and have a good time and all that. Sure, whatever. But again, this game here, again, uh, Lively said, hey, hey, buddy, <laughs> you're again. You let me tell you something now. The NCAA, that's your thing, brother. You got it. But uh, when it comes to that three-letter association, I'm gonna show you what one of the guys who belongs there looks like. Yeah, that was definitely tough. And so, just to round out the uh, Duke conversation, there were a couple guys also had some good notes. Of course, uh, Kyle Filipowski did his thing, but Jeremy Roach really stood out and showed that veteran leadership in clutch time, making some very significant clutch shots, blowing past you know RJ Davis towards the end of that thing. And I just think you know for someone who has been and experienced it, you can just see on his face he understood the assignment and he was able to lift you know his brothers brotherhood Ooh, lord he was able to lift you know his teammates into the ultimately into that win you know i want to i want to talk about uh hubert davis for a second here because jeremy wrote absolutely he had one of the best quotes we're talking about duke can we can we can we go with duke are we talking are you is this does this relate to duke yeah if, if you would okay, let me i just want to i just want to make sure that's why the fans be saying you cut me off too much i just want to make sure because I, I already feel like you about to give hubert a hard time on the show today and i just had to prep Jeremy Roach had one of the best quotes I've ever heard. He said, I knew they were going to mess it up defensively on that last possession because they didn't talk all game on defense. Boy, I'll tell you what. Boy, I'll tell you what. Now, how does that have to do with Hubert Davis? That is it. 
First, let me explain why. Please. First of all, like you said, Jeremy Roach understanding the assignment. Let's start there. Please. Mr. Roach, let's clap for you. Because there were other times in this season where you dropped other quotes that were not as flattering to you or the Duke program. So let's give you a shout out there. But now, to Hubert Davis, it is frustrating because you know for a fact that as a coach, he's coaching them to talk. He's, he's coaching them to talk to each other defensively. They're just not executing. And, and how does that become a thing? What are we looking at? We're not early in the season. This ain't game 10. This ain't game 20. You're late in the season. How are we not communicating at this point? Who needs to be sat down? Who needs to be? Hey, listen, we don't do church mouses on defense. We need guys saying, hey, hey, we got to cut it. Hey, who's Matt? We need guys who know the rotation, who are willing to talk to each other on defense. And I just want to throw this quote out there from uh, from Hubert Davis because I just wanted to let this be known. He said, we're shooting 150 more foul shots than the next team behind us in the conference, and we only shot three in this game. Now, Miss Cooper, I do remember you saying, well, if you're going to pull up the foul shots, you got to have them ready for everybody. Now, I need you to keep that same energy with Hubert to ask him, why is that a thing? And does that say what you think it's saying? Does that say something flattering for you, Hubert? Or is that maybe not a good thing that you probably shouldn't be talking about? I don't know. It's just me. Very interesting quote from Hubert Davis. Very interesting quote from Jeremy Roach. Both of those folks I'm looking at after the game, slightly different than I was coming in. Well, you know, I really don't understand what them not talking and having any communication has to do with Hubert because at the end of the day, he can't play the game for them. So, like, yeah, it could be a coaching fail that they're not communicating. Sure, it, they're not figuring out. But in the day, he can't make them talk. So that's a failure on those te- that team. And what is he going to do with that? So that's Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I that's agree one. Number two, I think at the end of the day, like, okay, you have 150 shots ahead of everybody. We talk about just the fair weather of poor – officiating throughout the ACC. We talk about that in football. We talk about that in basketball. Three fouls on the night is insanity. I don't care what anybody says. That's insanity. Yes. Yeah, We're all agreeing to this now. Yes. Yeah. Did, did you only get three fouls on that whole day, in the whole game? Uh, no, but Syracuse only had, what, two? Syracuse had two against UNC. So, I mean, if we're going to say whole that- game. Yeah, they had two frost shots in the entire nah, game. Nah, you need to run that back. I'm, I'm telling you, I am telling you, last Please. time. Okay, find last Evan. Time I believe you. Find Evan, and I will believe you. Find it. Absolutely. January 24th, uh, UNC and um, Syracuse played at Syracuse, and Syracuse shot two foul shots all night. I don't believe that, but okay. I can show you the – I'll Please. send you the link. Please. I will send you the link from the uh, – oh, I'm sorry. They shot three foul shots. I was wrong. They shot one more foul shot than I believe. They shot three. So, I'm. that's what I'm trying to say. In the Hubert, maybe don't say that. Like, your don't team Don't say what? Not talk about, oh, we're not shooting foul shots. This is ridiculous. You had a stretch. But in the biggest game of arguably college basketball, you want it to be called evenly, no? But that's the thing. To me, the biggest I, is, game – Yes or no? Yes, but okay. can we also agree that every game should be called evenly, whether it's the biggest game or the sure. smallest game? They sure. should all be called. Sure. And that's my point. So to me, Hubert saying, "Oh, there's a big foul discrepancy." My brother in Christ, my 
There are many things that you can talk about. That shouldn't be one of them. So he's That's not allowed to speak on it because he gets favored most of the time. All I'm saying is... I, I, the, I'm Hubert, asking, I asked you a question. Like, Hubert I literally asked you a question for answer. Hubert think he me for real. That's all I'm saying. Hubert want to be me so bad. He said, you know, you told me don't bring up the foul shots. And Hubert said, excuse me, Miss Cooper, I'm going to bring up the foul shots. I'm going to talk about it if I feel like my team has been sliding here. Okay. Either way it goes, they have to do a round two. They'll do it in Chapel Hill. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if there's foul discrepancy. That's why we play the game. Overall, I feel still think North Carolina needs to have a look in the mirror. Absolutely. They are definitely on the bubble in terms of just making the tournament. It's crazy that number one team, I don't even know statistics, guys, help us out. When was the last time the number one team in the country Started out preseason number one and didn't make the tournament. I don't know if that's ever happened. And again, I think that is a self-reflective moment. As much as you want to coach up and pour into and read scripture to, if the guys don't get out there and do what they need to do, it's a failure on the part of buying into what your coach has set before you and a failure to what you guys are preaching in terms of Carolina film and all the things. So they have got a lot to consider as they walk through that. But I want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. We know that it's that time of year where maybe you're getting a New Year's itch to find a new job, and I definitely want you to be in the right position to do so. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, you have to hire qualified candidates but more efficiently by matching open roles with more people who have skills, values, and experiences to help achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications, all on one platform. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. We're rocking and rolling with Kenta Gibbs here. We're talking through what is a really good weekend for ACC basketball, or at least we thought before all the drama decided to pour itself out. Let's go through the whole games can thing. I, can yeah. I let you in on a secret? You asked for the stat guys to mm-hmm. um, let you know when the last time a number one uh, preseason number one didn't make the tournament. So since the tournament expanded in 1985, there has not been a single preseason number one to ever not make the tournament. But I don't believe that UNC will be the first. I think that they'll get in. I think that they're firmly in at the moment, but if they have how embarrassing bad, to even be on the bubble though. You know? I, I think if they have a bad stretch, I think they're out. But well, they have honestly the toughest stretch they have before them. They, the road does not get easier. They're going to wait for us um in the next couple of days. And I think what they have before them, even more so getting licked back for they have to play NC State, a good team. That's very good. So many teams that are still good. They're going to have to figure things out. But there are a lot of teams in this ACC. We talking week in and week out about how you have to bring your best every single night. Virginia Tech punch right into the mouth for Virginia. 74-68 victory. When you go to Blacksburg, you better bring your best because Couture and company ain't having it. Padula stepped out, did his thing, and it was just a good night for the Hokies. Virginia was the hottest team in the conference. I believe they had a, what, seven-game streak rolling or something along those lines. And then – they have one of those classic Virginia games where all of a sudden their offense is just like, um, we're not really too interested in showing up tonight, but we appreciate the invite. We're, we're not going to come. We're not going to score. But again, thank y'all for letting us know that uh, there was going to be a game tonight. But seriously, this was a, a game in which Virginia Tech got hot and Virginia Tech is a team that when they shoot the three ball well, ooh. 
it's going to be a tough time. I don't care who you are, how good you're playing. If Virginia Tech is shooting that three ball well, you're going to have a very tough time beating them. They shot 38.9% from uh, deep in this game. And, you know, when you combine that with some of the things that they did in terms of taking care of the ball and, and playing some really good perimeter defense in their own right, you're always going to see uh, success come out of that. Yeah, and I, Virginia never even had the lead. There were ties at one point, but it was really Virginia Tech throughout the whole game. They made it, of course, the game of runs. They cut it close, but it was all Hokies all night. 81 to a 64 victory for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons as they beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame, again, is a team that's just trying to finish it out as best they can. It's really not much you can say. It's a tough go as, you know, you're seeing Bray's career come to an end as a coach. I think he'll be a great analyst, but good on Wake Forest to keep the momentum rolling as they prepare for a really, honestly, two-loss losing team of UNC. Can they get two times over on beating the heels. It'll be a very interesting battle for sure. You know, the, the twilight is kind of here. It, it's fading into the darkness in terms of Bray's career. And to see what's going on in terms of like Notre Dame struggles, it's kind of sad to see a little bit. But I mean, at least he's kind of going out with some grace and dignity, unlike other coaches who we probably are going to talk about a little later here that like, Absolutely. What are you doing, brother? Absolutely. But yeah, good, good on, uh, good on Wake Forest. They needed this momentum going into that huge matchup against uh, the boys in baby blue. So we will see how this uh, thing plays out. A big win for NC State and Georgia Tech. The Wolfpack 72-64 victory over the Yellow Jackets. And I'm just sitting here saying, good on NC State for for, for keeping this momentum rolling. I, it's crazy that. NC State and Wake Forest are arguably the two best teams of the North Carolina, of the hoop state that a lot of people like to call in terms of North Carolina. They certainly are holding themselves accountable and holding things down respectfully. I think that NC State definitely has found their guy and big man DJ Burns, but it's nice to have that has been complimented with some strong performances from Joyner and Smith. I want to talk Joyner and Smith. They combined for 10 points in this yeah. game. Very underwhelming performance. Very poor performance by those two. However, this was not a good Georgia Tech team. Mm -hmm. And this game showed that NC State is for real in terms of being a good team because good teams find a way to beat bad teams even when they're performing poorly, if that makes sense. Yep. And and when you're looking at this team coming into the season, everybody thought it was going to be Gladys Knight and the Pips. And obviously, Terquavian was Gladys, right? Yeah. Anybody coming to see you, Otis, to the rest <laughs> of the team. For sure. But to see DJ Burns coming into his own, to see him not just being serviceable, but dominating on that block, to see uh, Jarkel Joyner play as well as he's played, to see Casey Morsell step up in a game like tonight or in a game like uh, Saturday night, rather, where, where he goes out and does really good things. That is the type of stuff that makes you look at this team and say, are they for real? Yeah. They might be for real. And so, yeah. you know, good on them uh, for getting this win. And and I'll tell you what, I don't know why people keep saying passengers on the hot seat. Uh, again, they were just ACC champs not too long ago. Highly doubt they get rid of them this quick. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think they'll give him some time. Got to get the see how the recruiting kind of goes for him in the next couple of years, but definitely something to keep your eye on. Florida State couldn't quite give Louisville their second ACC win as close as it was 
the Seminoles were able to pull it off 81-78. And really, it was a battle of just who is a poor team that wants it more. We're able to squeak it out. Whose buckets just went in at the right time. It wasn't necessarily reflective of who, what team is turning it around, in my opinion. I feel like it was just like, damn. You hate it had to be both between Payne and Hamilton. You know how I feel about those guys. It's just a, it's a tough showing. Free L, Ellis. Free L. <laughs> Free L. He deserves better. He deserves so much better. I mean, 22 points on 7 of 18 shooting. He needs some help. Seven assists, three turnovers. He needs some help. And, you know, I'm going to tell you this. Payne and company, they better they better get, to, get it together and figure out something. Because in today's game, yeah. a player like L. Ellis has no reason to stick around between it's, NIL, between wanting to get some playing time, between being a star and going to a win-ready team? Between NIL, NBA, because I, I think that L. Ellis has that type of ability. Between other schools, y'all better get together now because mm. you can't perform this poorly with a bona fide superstar on your roster because let's make no bones about it, L. Ellis is a superstar. Like that's, You think L's going to get a look for the NBA despite only winning, what, two games so far this season, three games this season? I mean, if you look at this Louisville team, there's, you know, they they need some milk. They need Jesus. They need they need it all. Okay, yeah. they need it all. They, I mean, whoever is writing out these NCAA scripts, I know that Louisville team was crying and throwing up when they saw it. And Absolutely. with that being said, I mean, again, L. Ellis has been phenomenal all year, and again, he he needs more help. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. this is a guy that, like you said. He's a four-year guy and all that good stuff, but he does have a COVID year if he were to come back. If he were to go to the NBA, you're looking at a guy that's putting up 17 and five a game on 40% shooting. I could see it. There's a case for that. There's a very good case for that. Maybe his three-point shooting leaves something to be desired at that height, but there's definitely a case for him to, to get some looks in the league. So, I mean, again, be it the league, be it, you know, pay, playing for the Guangdong Tigers, be it playing for – Another team in the NCAA, yeah, Louisville better get it together because yeah. he's, he's out there balling and, you know, to to have the showings that we've seen uh, out of this team is tough. Yeah. I mean, all in all, though, you know, good on Seminoles for despite the fact that they're having a rough go this year, they're able to pull out a win for on the road at that against Louisville. And I think that's ultimately a big, big takeaway as well. We got to talk about, though. The team that was already supposed to be the best team in the in our conference, Clemson. What happened? Miami came to your trap, took over your trap, 78-74. And I'm sitting here saying to myself, I knew I shouldn't have bought into the Clemson hype because Clemson basketball is B- BFFR. It's so unfortunate because this Clemson <laughs> team was so good for so much of the year. And they still are good. It's just they, they're they, a little they, bit they're playing too close. They, they, uh, yeah. I think they're in a little bit of a tailspin right now, but I think that they can get themselves back out of it. But are this, they too big for their britches? Did they get a little too big for their britches? Did they get too complacent? I'll, I'll tell you this. From the Georgia Tech game forward, they have struggled in three straight games. Barely. And when I say barely, I mean just barely by the hairs on their chinny-chin-chin yeah. speaking by a, a Florida State team. That is, they, I mean, that Florida State team is Mr. Glass right now. If you play for them, you probably done broke something or tore something at some point in time this season. Losing to a bad Boston College team. Yeah. Losing to Miami at home. Like, it's I, uh, it's so, it's so <laughs> sad because 
I was one of those people that was like, I'm not waiting on the other foot to drop. I think that this Clemson team may be for real. Right. And and they said to me, hey, 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 hey now, scam likely, Mr. Gibbs. Scam likely. They're hitting us with the greedy, with the whole foot dropping. So, you know, as we round out the show, we would be remiss if we did not talk about our guy. What is wrong with Jimmy B? I just, you know what? I have adults in my life who are in their 70s. And when they tell you to do something, you do it. When they say how they feel, they're going to tell you. It's no if, ands, or but about it. They are going to spit it out no matter what. And despite winning, still finding problems and issues with today's game and all the things, I'm just saying, like, what more do you want from me, Jim? Syracuse beats Boston College 77-68. And you can't even allow your players to have the moment where they're turning things around, things are looking good, they're still in the fight, still in the hunt. No, we got to talk about the fact that you said Wake Forest bought their team. You said Pitt bought their team. Two teams that, like, if you were going to pick two to say bought their team, I don't know if those would be my two. I don't know. Those wouldn't be my two. Those Forbes be. doesn't give me buy team energy. And and there's multiple teams that like the NIL deals are crazy. Like you could you've heard about them. You've I seen mean, guys, on the Outer Banks. <laughs> like you've seen guys on Netflix series, and you're like, <laughs> that's not the team I want to talk about. That no. right. Yeah. yeah. And also, I've never had NCAA fraction infractions. Never, not me. No. Baby, pop meat kettle. And actually, okay. actually, it's not even pop meat kettle because you was the one that got caught cheating. They're doing it the legal way. You and are you mad that they are lapping you? Like, what is the, let's get to the root. We love to get to the, what is the real reason for this frustration? Are you mad that people are outperforming you in turn of grabbing the right players? Or are you mad that the game is passing you by? I, I hate to be this guy because I don't like to uh, engage in things that I feel like are one of the isms. You know what okay, I'm talking don't about? Don't be an ageist. Don't be an ageist. I don't, and I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be ageist. I don't want to do that. However, the game has passed him by. He refuses to let it go. He refuses to say, hey, listen, I'm going to do what Bruce Arians did and go ahead and be a special advisor to the team. It's time. Look it's at Roy. Go ahead. Go do some swag surfing the stands. You know, call yeah, people after games. Yeah. You know, just in their special seat. Probably yeah. like Coach K. Who, he does not. He's never seen, but you know he's there. You know he's seen. Yeah. The yeah. You know? Jim, go home Jim. and enjoy the, go love on them kids, man. Okay. Go love on them kids. Go home. You got like seven, eight of them. You you're halfway on your way to a Philip. Well, let's keep let's keep it a buck. We know that sometimes when you are older, the thing that keeps you youthful is being around young people. So I understand why we need the analyst position, right? We need to keep him around. But the, yeah. my joke, my joke is still playing four corners over here. Like we we got to move on. We yeah. got to move on. Yeah, go go ahead and and you know go ahead and be around the team. Yeah, you're not the guy to run this show anymore. And, yeah. and I'm gonna quote, uh, I'm gonna quote a famous philosopher out of Chicago: Don't ever fix your lips like collagen to say something if you're gonna end up apologizing, which is apologizing, <laughs> you know. Uh, and Jim Beheim very quickly apologized for his day. When you want to talk about a renig like Spades, I, bro, I, I ain't never, never seen. Let me tell you something now. I done <laughs> seen some great cornerbacks in my lifetime. Played with Jordan Lewis, who is now a <laughs> Dallas Cowboy. The man's a baller. Played with some All-Americans in the defensive backfield. I have never, ever, ever, ever. Justin Burr still playing in the NFL today. Dave Embers one of the all-time NC State interception. I have never, ever, ever in my life seen a backpedal that quick. 
I mean, NJ he, Moonwalk. He sat them hips down and said, Oh, I'm gonna get out of there. I got the deep third. He said, Peter Femel, let me talk to you real quick. I just want to go on record and say, I lied. I ain't mean it. I lied. <laughs> I apologize. I, I apologize. was tripping. I had my nap. I was cranky. You know, you know how you get when you don't get your nap. I was cranky. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you say things off, you shoot off the hip. But sometimes I feel like as journalists, maybe we call people to the next day. We keep that kind of conversation in the drafts. And we call and confirm, like, are you sure this is what you want to leak out? Or did you say this in a moment of frustration? Did you say this, you know, whatever? And then if he says, no, nah, whatever, let it rock. You know, it is what it is, hands up. But maybe that, maybe as journalists, we could do our part. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, here's the thing, though. Is it their part to do that? Like, it, at the end of the day, it's his job. But if you to want to maintain good relationships. But, like, how is it maintaining a bad relationship to directly write what you wrote? Like, but I'm never gonna give. But see, that's the thing. I'm never right gonna give you. You're never gonna get another quote from me. You know. But like here, and here's the thing, right? So, and here's where personal accountability comes in, right? Sure. Because we've heard some very bad quotes, and some of which I would not say here because I know Please. it's upsetting for some of us to hear them. Please. But there have been some awful quotes from yep. coaches and players. For example, I'm gonna use one from NC State, so nobody says, "Oh, Kent's protecting this guy." MJ Moore said it's not realistic to believe we'll win every game, and I was highly upset about that. I was very upset about it. I blew up about that quote. But guess what? How can he get mad at, at other people for literally writing down what you said? That's not it. I can understand if they took it out of context. If they said, oh, well, you know, he said, you know, losing a game like this is is terrible. And, you know, it's it's a situation to where in the history of the program, you're going to see some losses here and there, but we should never lose a game like this. And that should never happen. But we only took, put in the part where he said, losing like this happens. I can understand that. But Behan, this is very directly what you said, Jim. So I don't. Well, what's frustrating is y'all won. What are you going to Y'all won. This is not, not the time, not the place. And I just think if we're going to have a takeaway for Jim, and, it's just again, take, a, take a breath before you give an interview. That's all I'm, and, I'm, that's all I'm telling Jim to do. And again, I don't want to be ages, but this Please. feels very old man shaking my fist at the clouds. This feels very, because again, like you said, your boys won. You did the thing. You did the thing. What After the game, it shouldn't be nothing but, hey, we played a great game. We're going to celebrate this for 24 hours, and then we're back to the next one. We're back to the grind. Easy back enough. To doing what we need to do. Easy enough. You've been Easy doing enough. it since the 80s. How, look, how long has he been their coach? Has to be since his 80s. Yeah, so you've been doing this for decades. You've been doing this longer than either one of but us. I think what he's really tired of is people asking him when he's going to retire. And maybe that's just where he's at with it. He just sounded off, which again, you know, whatever. But maybe not Maybe not these quotes talking about people buying teams. Because you pick, you pick terrible teams, Wake Forest and Pitt, to say bought. Because, like, Jeff Capel, if you've seen his track record the last couple teams, it's been kind of terrible. He's just now figuring it out with his boys. So, like, why Ryan right on the parade when Forbes is getting the right transfers and figuring it out? Like, that's just – that's crass. And, and let me explain something to you, okay? Jim Beheim, again, 78 years old, okay? Mm-hmm. He has been being a head coach at in some capacity since 76. Just let me, let me leave that right there for you. Nine. 1976. Syracuse was an independent when he took over as a head coach. Were they playing in converses? I I, I would probably venture to guess so. <laughs> Them Chuck Taylors was probably the shoe of the day back in 76. <laughs> and so, with that in mind, yeah. what are we, like, 
Jim, what are we doing here? Jim, it has been, and you know, a lot of schools, there was, we just had HBC or college day at my church and they went over the history of HBCUs. A lot of HBCUs use the word illustrious. Mm-hmm. There is no more fitting word to describe Jim Beheim's coaching career than illustrious. It's been an illustrious career. You've had an amazing career. You name it. You've done it. You've done it all. You've done it all. Go home. It might be time. Go be a family man. Kind of like Tom. It might be time. It might go, be for go real. Be, go yeah. be a family man, baby. Yeah. Go be a family man. For sure. Well, Tom, yeah. 100%. Final fours, national champion. Wait, does he have a national championship? I want to say he does. Carmelo, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah you're right. 0203. So you've got the. You've got the national championship. You've got the final fours. You got and listen, Syracuse, y'all know because I know Syracuse fans be on our heads. Syracuse, y'all know I love y'all. Your communication school pumps out some absolutely amazing sports journalists. All right, all right. Y'all do a lot of great things, but Jimmy needs to go. He gotta go. It's time. (laughs) All right, sound. He's overstayed his welcome at the party. He's way too late. He's been at the party too long. Go on, baby. Go on. No doubt. This week, you will see some rollouts between ACC football schedules. We'll dive into each team, get a little quick 10 to 15 minute hitter of each team's schedule. We'll evaluate and assess. We'll have that for you throughout the week. More importantly than that, we got to talk about women's hoops because if anything else, they stay spicy as well. Shout out to Louisville, North Carolina. We followed that game tonight. So make sure you come back tomorrow as we go through the rest of these things. But we do have some men's hoops throughout our weekday reports that we like to give for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.